Hey, this is Josh Banner with the Invitation Podcast. I'm so excited to offer for this first interview of the Invitation Podcast a conversation with the one and the only, yes, the very singular wild man, Joseph Bird. Joseph is the Minister of Music and Spiritual Life at Zion Lutheran Church here in Holland, Michigan. He is also the lead in the spiritual direction outreach that I'm involved with at the E.C. Brooks Correctional Facility in Muskegon, Michigan. And Joseph is also a dear friend to me and my family and also my personal spiritual director. And yet while I am excited to share this conversation with you, I'm aware that Joseph and I have jumped into the deep end of the pool, as it were, in this discussion. And I've been thinking about the intent of the podcast, that the intent is to make prayer more accessible to you. And I know that in the first three retreat episodes, I'm getting longer and longer, and I've already covered some very thick ground in those retreats. And now here we are with over an hour discussion with one of the most beautifully intense people that I know. I've got some ideas of how to offer some more bite-sized ways of approaching prayer, and I'll explain more about that for you in just a bit. But yes, in this interview with Joseph, he and I are discussing a huge range of topics. Tehard de Chardin, Ignatius of Loyola, Dallas Willard, C.S. Lewis, Isaac of Nineveh, St. Francis of Assisi. We think about prayer as a kind of waking from a dream. We talk about being stuck spiritually and what that means for your journey with God. We discuss this Jesuit idea of being contemplatives in action. Is We discuss suffering and the purpose of suffering. And, uh, of course, we spend some time discussing what we do with our friends in the E.C. Brooks facility in that prison and much, much more. Yet, as you listen to this discussion, I want to ask you to consider this. What do you hear with your heart as you listen? I encourage you to listen with your heart to the nature and the spirit of our discussion Notice how much we are laughing together. And I hope that Joseph and I can dispel for you the idea that prayer and spiritual pursuit are an intense and a heavy reality. And perhaps what you hear in us instead is an intensity of joy and of love. And I recommend, if you're up for it, listen to this conversation maybe even two or three times. And I promise... There is much to learn from Joseph and discover about God. And here we are at the beginning of our conversation, just diving into the history of our friendship. I hope listening to this conversation can bring you some of the joy that I experience in having it and in sharing it with you. Amen. It's been six years that we've been friends. Yep, that's right. Almost seven. Yeah, it'll be seven in January. So we were sitting in uh, 
um, Brian Waltice's uh, facility there with a, I think it was probably a warm fire that evening with a group of men. <laughs> and you were talking about, um, you were actually leading us. And my, my very first experience of group spiritual direction That's right. was with those men. And you, you began it by saying, um, some of us have uh, words that, that the Spirit of Christ will bring into our minds and into our hearts. You might have images in our, in our, in our minds and in our imagination. We might be stirred with feelings, and you're giving a little description of how we were going to listen to God together. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I used to do in my charismatic journey with the Vineyard Christian Fellowship. Yeah. And so I felt very much at home. So when you were asking, is anybody familiar with anything like this? I was like, yeah, I raised my hand and felt kind of shy because I think I did know what spiritual direction is. But I I would say that in the six years since, I've come to a very, um, as I was trying to say at the beginning here, not a a firm or a clear or exact, but more of a a traction. I, I want to live my life in prayer because of a lot of things that I've been learning and experiencing and growing with through my friendship with Joseph. So I'm very excited to introduce him to uh, anybody else who's been listening to the retreats so we can have a, a conversation about what we're doing when we do this um, time with God. So um, Joseph uh, graduated from the Eastman School of Music That's right. with your undergrad and graduate then, actually oh yeah. you, would you would you do your undergrad at oregon state university oh, right. yeah and was that was that in music as well yep okay yep. is that your phone or is that me oh let me see i think that's you oh it's it's someone from the prison oh do you need of to get course it? no it's okay okay <laughs> that's awesome it's <laughs> very timely yeah that's how it goes so then he did the masters in german choral music at eastman school of music Wait, some French too. Some French, <laughs> an American, but and that's where you. But met. I did stick you with some German stuff when I was getting to know you. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember. I would. I, I had Joseph was gifting me with a, a random assortment of different <laughs> German choral pieces. If you can call it a gift, but I like it. So, and I had to say to him, you know, I like. Um, I gotta turn our mics down just a little bit here. I, I like German beer. I like uh, German cars. I like German uh, stereos. But I, the language I'm still growing on. So do you want to give me a little German here? Oh, right here? Yeah. Throw, oh, throw, my. Say, um, hello, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Guten Abend, meine Brüder und Schwestern im Christ. <laughs> oh, that's enough. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm still getting our levels here. <laughs> So, 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 uh, German, uh, choral and, uh, your, your mom was a ballet instructor. Yeah. She was a ballerina in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh huh. My dad was a police sergeant, SWAT master, detective, hostage negotiator, wow. you name it in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my wow. memories is seeing him on TV when I was little and he had a, a dead body in one hand and an an Uzi machine gun in the other, and he was negotiating a hostage situation at a five and dime store. (laughs) So it's a a couple of really powerful parents. And my mother's the tougher of the two, if you can believe it. So, because ballerinas, you just don't mess, you don't mess with them. (laughs) 
Yeah. And this is Portland or the Portland area. It was Los Angeles until until I was um, in second grade. We moved to Portland. Okay. Yeah, up to Portland. So. Wow. And then so you ended up in West Michigan because you met and married Grace. Yeah, I met Grace um, the first day I was at the Eastman School of Music. Okay. And we were married a year later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she grew up here. Mm-hmm. And I taught a class the summer before we moved to Berlin, Germany, at Zion Lutheran Church. And they liked the class well enough that they created a position for me mm-hmm. and I came back from Germany and, and did that. And mm. I've been there now 18 and a half years. Mm. So. It's Zion Lutheran, and you originally, it was this Ministry of Celebration. That you, <laughs> you changed that name. Director of Celebration Ministries, yeah. which is even more obnoxious. I did. <laughs> I always hated that. And now now your title is? Minister of Music and Spiritual Life. Okay. Yeah. And so you'd mentioned that you got a phone call from some of the prison because as the language on the website is that you're the animator of, when you want to explain that? Yeah, I, I'm the founder and the animator of the Prison Practicum for Spiritual Direction. Mm-hmm. And it is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it consists of two, sort of two pieces. The first is every Saturday morning for an hour, uh, myself and Josh and some other volunteers will meet with any number of guys. It depends on the day and the season. We've had, it's really between 20 and 40 um, fellows mm. from all backgrounds uh, meeting together to learn mm. contemplative prayer, to experience it, and to listen to the holy within each one of them. And then uh, for about two years, we we worked through an actual spiritual direction practicum and walked through mm. the desert fathers and mothers, the mm. cloud of unknowing <laughs> Franciscan spirituality, the Carmelites, Ignatius and the Enneagram, mm. and then certified 21 of them on that just mm. last May. And now, um, Josh is taking them through in that same mm-hmm. afternoon slot, taking mm-hmm. them through more slowly, some of the same materials that we'd walked through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I had, already decided that I wanted to be involved in spiritual direction and I'd watched you and listened to you share stories about your time in the prison but I was thinking I don't have time for this I yeah. can't get involved but as soon as you said you wanted to train some of them to be spiritual not that you'd already discerned that some of them were spiritual directors absolutely I yeah. thought oh my gosh I gotta do this and so I thought maybe this would be something that I'd just attend to for a bit of time and then maybe phase out with you after a, a year or two. Yeah. But now after doing this, it is very uh, clearly one of the most important things I've ever done. That's right. And I can't leave. And and, and uh, some of the language that I am dancing around now about what spiritual direction is and what church is, we would often as Christians want to start talking about it as ministry and I don't know how to call this really my ministry because these men, through you and what we've been doing, has become, these are my friends. Yeah, and I think that word ministry is great that you use mm. because it has everything to do with minus, mm. with becoming less. Mm. And we, we we certainly go through that physically, mm. you know, being patted down and mm. not interrogated, but checked over every single time we walk in and out. Mm. And it's really about getting small, mm. I think, and entering mm. their world with humility, which is a, a different, it's really a different approach from 
my observation of other sort of typical prison ministries that can often go in and um, proselytize, preach, mm-hmm. sort of demand. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a bad things. I love that those sure. things exist. That's just not what, what we do. It's sure. a different a different world. Sure. Yeah. And that's why um, we've had uh, a handful of uh, Muslims, some Moors. Yeah. And a couple of Buddhists, yeah, and I think probably a few agnostics, absolutely, that yeah. have felt comfortable and welcome there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's deep within. Um, I'm a third order Franciscan, and mm-hmm. Francis was one of the first, if not the first, to bridge interfaith reality, mm-hmm. spending time with the Saracen in the in the during the Crusades, <laughs> and becoming um, so friendly that. The Saracen um, gave him gifts to return back to Italy with, and they're just right near his body there in the cathedral in Assisi, mm-hmm. still with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's that it is the language of friendship mm-hmm. and how one comes to that, not only with each other, mm-hmm. but certainly with God through each other. And there's very little difference in the end mm-hmm. in all of that. And I think, is equally for me, since I'm not Franciscan, even though I have a deep uh, admiration for St. Francis yeah. um, and my formation with Ignatius and the distinction that when he was discerning his vocation, he didn't uh, believe he was called to be a Dominican, right. to be a preacher. Yeah. Um, he didn't feel called to be a mendicant when we would think of a, a beggar, somebody who would ask for alms like Francis. Yeah. Um, I, he didn't... Um, you can fill in the blank, but what he really wanted to do, and what I guess he asked the Pope to do, for permission to do, was, can I just have permission to only enter into, as in his Spanish would say, conversar, to enter into conversation with people, yeah. and to invite them into a conversation with the Spirit, which goes to the core of what we're trying to do with the Invitation Podcast, yeah. as far as how to very slowly and carefully invite people into an inner conversation with the living God. That's right. And so... And um, that's prayer. So... um, (laughs) And there's Teresa of Avila, right? Yeah. Prayer is Mm -hmm. intimate conversation with a friend. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And that's not only all it is, it's it's what it is. Mm -hmm. And that is fun. Mm. I love it. So um, since I'm learning how to do these interviews, uh, it strikes me that it might be good just to back up and explain a little bit um, some of the vocabulary that we're using when we start talking about um, Francis or, or Teresa of Avila um, or uh, Ignatius of Loyola. These are Catholic sources, and uh, we, we can be honest and, and frank about that. And, and I'll be even more frank and say that in my journey, I have been drawn to consider a conversion to Rome and or actually and probably lean more towards the east with uh, orthodoxy yeah um but i i have discovered some things from my charismatic formation and that resonate with my reformed formation which the context which i currently serve in the reformed church and then as i think about brothers and sisters presently and in the past through the writings of orthodox believers or Catholic believers, my hope is that if these are really things of the Spirit of God, and I believe they are, <laughs> that's why we're sitting here, is because I, I hope that they will spring up from the ground w- in which I already live 
and then I and I and that's the benefit and the the beauty of what I've been seeing happen at Harderwike, even in really small and simple ways, teaching um, a bit, but really befriending and entering into conversation of of how to discover the person of Christ inside of our lives. So anyway, there's a little background for those of you that might feel a little bit on the outside of the Catholic. Um, vocabulary. I hope you don't feel alienated by that. And if you have questions, please feel free to email me or enter, enter conversation with me other places. But Joseph's been a, a big um, um, uh, support in learning. But this, why don't you, before I ask some questions, explain a little bit more about what it means to be a third order Franciscan? Sure. Um, so Francis of Assisi uh, is the little poor man, as they call him. Uh, he basically started hearing God, (laughs) got sick and heard God several times and literally did what God said, (laughs) helped rebuild the church, faced his own fears and began um, unwittingly this movement known as um, Franciscan life. And so those first men that saw him um, giving up sort of the glory of having a wealth, and he did, his dad was wealthy, and living with the poor, mm. uh, aiding the lepers, being with those on the margins. It was so attractive in that at that time that it grew on its own, and that was the first order. Mm. Those are the sort of the men that wanted to get rid of everything and make vows of poverty, and it's the kind of um, poverty where you are more full of God because you're less full of other things. Mm. So Francis's friend Claire saw this and she wanted to be a part of it. But even as radical as Francis was and is, he couldn't allow her to be uh, with all these men, mm-hmm. even in that time period. And so he invited her to start the second order. And those were the poor Claires. And so those are the women that were cloistered there mm. in Assisi and uh, led Franciscan lives uh, together. Now, there were people who were already married or perhaps had jobs they couldn't leave in good conscience or um, were connected in some way to their lives or to society that they weren't um, able to join the, the the poor brothers or the poor clares. And so Francis created, um, creative person that he was, the third order and blessed people who'd like to make um, vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience wherever they were and they could live these lives according to that, but weren't cloistered or celibate. So that's what I am, third order Lutheran Franciscan, actually. So a Lutheran Franciscan, can you can you tag that a little bit more? What's the connection between Luther, <laughs> Protestant reformer? Yeah, and I, I love it because yeah. here are these two wild men yeah. appearing sort of five hundred years from each other, mm-hmm. and just like Phyllis Tickle says, every five hundred years the church really does go through upheaval, reinventing itself, Mm -hmm. reforming itself. And we're surely in that right now. Mm. We can see it everywhere. Mm. And so I just love being a part of that. Um, Francis has been called the first Protestant Hmm. and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take a, (laughs) I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it. I think Luther was the first Catholic. (laughs) And so I think these two <laughs> these two men just meet in this place of fiery mm. reform mm. and uh, just 
lives that just keep speaking to people today. And we're in uh, an interesting um, time, actually, this week, because the Pope just uh, has opened... uh, Can you explain a little bit what's happening with the Pope and with Lutherans? Yeah, so Pope Pope Francis, Mm -hmm. of all things, is and has been um, having dialogue with the Lutheran Church Mm -hmm. historic in the world and is talking about how much more similar Lutherans and Catholics are than mm-hmm. not. He says that, uh, or I'm not sure he does, but it's been called a walking ecumenism. Mm. So we actually um, sort of live this stuff together and then invite our theologians to iron out the details. There's yeah. there's just sort of the three areas that are um, still being discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, theologically, it has to do with the primacy of the Pope, with um, women being mm-hmm. uh, pastors in the many Lutheran denominations, and then also the just the matter of Holy Communion mm-hmm. and the Eucharist. Of course. Other than that, we there's so much that we see eye to eye on, sure. and especially are realizing how similar we, mm-hmm. we truly are, mm-hmm. and that both Luther and the Catholic Church were speaking out of their who they were at the time and their experience, and mm-hmm. neither one had the whole story mm-hmm. back in the 1500s. Mm-hmm. And as I watch it personally, I think about the uh, the timing of the Spirit in the sense that this has been in the works practically for the Pope to make this, this move yeah. in fellowship. Um, and it just happens to be the weeks before our national election. That's right. In a time when... I know a lot of us are feeling incredibly demoralized by yeah. by both options, whether you're from the left or the right or whatever your vocabulary is for that. And and here we have a movement within the church that's focusing on what we share in common <laughs> rather than attacking each other for, I love it. for uh, what you're missing or what you're lacking. And uh, And I think... You know, we can often be uh, frustrated with the church. We can get exhausted <laughs> by understanding, at least I can, but where I fit in. And then I turn around and I look at some very lovely examples of what, what Jesus is doing through men like Pope Francis. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Mm-hmm. It's good timing. Well, enough of that. Um, so the questions, what I'm hoping as I learn how to do these interviews is to ask a same basic set of questions from anyone that I sit down with and so that we can have different voices. Again, looking at the similarities, this is a good segue uh, between different people. And what I've been trying to stress in the retreats is the fact that each of us are designed differently. Um, Some of us tend to be more cerebral. Some are more emotional and heart-driven. Some are more uh, mysterious and uh, deeper and and into silence and, and soulish. Things and I'm having trouble even describing that because that's <laughs> the part of the soul. Yeah. But I'm going to work on that. And then uh, the other area <laughs> being um, strength, just getting out and doing um, the gospel with our bodies. And we're all kind of leaning towards one of those four areas. And so we're each going to approach prayer differently. And so it's going to be really healthy for us to turn from retreats to be able to sit down and listen to some people that have been attempting a life of prayer or a life in prayer um, and and to see the particular ways that they um, bring themselves to that. So when you think of your journey with God and into spiritual direction, um, 
can you describe a person or a place, um, a group of people during your lifetime that have particularly uh, modeled what a life with God could be? And they did that in such a way that you're thinking, oh, I got to be, I want to experiment. I want to try to live into something similar to that model. No, I don't. I don't think it's that clear. Okay. Uh, it's more like a little bit like being a wood stove. I just was always stoked, sort mm-hmm. of lucky that way. Mm-hmm. And really some of my earliest memories are laying, looking up at the rafters while in that pew, mm-hmm. smelling the wine of communion and hearing the organ and hearing mm-hmm. the, the language of the liturgy. And then combined with my ballerina mother, mm-hmm dancing to Tchaikovsky and Prokofiev. And I think that that really is sort of the, the, the great teacher for me, mm-hmm. the beginning of it all, how prayer is so much like uh, music, mm-hmm. which has deep structure to it, but flow at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the, sort of the, the, the collision of the opposites, how you can see music on the page, you can hear the language of the liturgy, but it's, it's never really stuck Mm-hmm. It's always going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and more and more that is really what my sense of of God is mm-hmm. is become is flow. Mm-hmm. The sense of movement. Mm-hmm. Certainly um with all of this good stuff going on lately about uh the nature of the Trinity mm-hmm. and the ongoing dance. Mm-hmm. But uh especially the sense of um how one participates in that mm-hmm. and how prayer for me, has always just been participatory. Mm-hmm. It, it was never something. Um, I don't. I didn't like the rote mm-hmm. stuff. I didn't like the sort of repeat this kind of thing. I didn't like the prayer information system in church, mm. which w- often would sound like a newscast. Mm. And I'm just not interested in that. <laughs> I think it has its place, sure. and God bless people who like that. That's not me. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I probably need to grow in that because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but I've got, I'm only 45, so I have time. <laughs> we'll get there. But when you, when you, that's great. When you talk about the participatory nature of that, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, I, I loved, I think you mentioned about your time at the vineyard mm-hmm. and I just love my vineyard friends that I've met mm-hmm. because for me, I grew up hearing things, mm-hmm. seeing stuff in nature in my um, California backyard. Uh, I, I don't. I never felt like there was a separation between the senses and God. I never felt mm-hmm. like there was something sort of different between nature and my experience in church. I was sort of lucky to have, um, very lucky to have parents who have very physical vocations mm-hmm. police work and ballet you're almost never sitting around yeah and god bless those who do it's important to do mm-hmm. but it really formed my sense of prayer that there is a real activity mm-hmm. to it in as much as if and when it, it feels like prayer isn't going somewhere mm-hmm. that's just as much of a gift mm-hmm. or a, a place of learning as when there feels like there's motion, you know, and mm-hmm. that gets back to Ignatius movement mm-hmm. and counter movement and how <laughs> when I was in the Dominican center for the first time reading the spiritual exercises and the only place, you know, I could go there to get away from all the women 
the Dominican sisters was the men's bathroom. <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there on the john and the sun came through <laughs> that window and I was reading the, <laughs> the annotations. I thought, this mm. is it. It mm. was the language I had always mm. felt deep inside myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there it was. Yeah. It was like just coming home yeah. to desolation and consolation, mm-hmm. movement and counter-movement. These things that, that really, they go on in all of us. Mm-hmm. And Ignatius just gave... Uh, vocabulary to them so mo- the movement of prayer yeah yeah and so that that does connect back to um the sense that in the retreats when i'm inviting people to pay attention to what's happening inside of them that's yeah. simply how are we noticing the movements whether it's good movements that's right. or if it's bad movements yeah. yep. it doesn't matter either way we don't judge that or any movement you know that's yeah. the if that you feel stuck oh then, right yeah that's, i love that but we're just being aware of that and then entering in, as Ignatius would encourage us, entering into colloquy, entering into conversation yeah. with God about yeah. what's actually happening inside of us. And it's just so sad. You know, it's like Lily Tomlin says, mm-hmm. if you talk to God a lot, you're considered pious. Mm-hmm. But if you say that you hear God talking to you a lot, mm-hmm. you're considered insane. <laughs> and it's just too too bad because right. it's not true. Right. You know, God speaks. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole gift is how mm-hmm. does God speak to mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so many ways to listen, to experience, to sense. And, you know, I, I have heard God <laughs> speak out loud to me. Mm-hmm. I did. And I don't talk about it a lot because... Sure. People either want to dissect it or, or poo-poo it. And I'm like, well, you do whatever you want to it. Save my life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I did. And and so that's the the trick is, you know, it seems kind of crazy, schizo or whatever. That's because right. um, we haven't actually, I think, in my experience at least, uh, talked about what's happening inside yeah. so that we can think, oh, okay, so uh, God... Of course, God can speak to me. Yeah. Of course, God speaks to some people, but does he actually do that? And how does he actually do that? And until we actually sit down like this yeah. and, and and have a conversation and start to think, oh, so that when that when I feel this or I think this or this moves, because it's going to be different with everyone. That's right. Then, then um, if we don't do that kind of, ironically, very practical learning I love it then it's gonna feel like you're crazy it's you're, so practical yeah it's just so practical right. there, there's evelyn underhill yeah practical mm-hmm. mysticism mm-hmm. <laughs> right. it's like really are you right. serious that's yeah. the title of the book and it is yeah. you know because it's very practical mm-hmm. and it is mysterious mm-hmm. and of course it would be mm-hmm. i just love uh, i love the desert fathers and mothers you know mm-hmm. the the three renunciations mm-hmm. I remember getting to teach at Third Reformed. God bless that place. I had so much fun there. The first one, <laughs> renounce your old way of thinking. You know, that sounds good. I'm going to think differently. <laughs> Second, renounce your old way of life. All mm. oh, people are still on board. That's like the tent revival, you know, and that's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to change. Good. Yeah. And then the third one, renounce your very idea of God. <laughs> and the room stopped. And I could see them like, oh, dear God, where's mm-hmm. he going now? And right. then I just ask, right. because isn't God bigger than your idea? Yeah. And it's like, well, of course. And then we mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. And that's it, you know, mm-hmm. bigger than. Mm-hmm. And also gets so, so small. It's mm-hmm. both. God is so big 
and then so tiny at the same time. He can go anywhere, get inside anyone, mm-hmm. overwhelm anything. It's just it, it's just the language of paradox, which begins to take us to mm. that place where there's an, a newer and often a better mm-hmm. meaning for ourselves. Very practical, mm-hmm. very practical and mysterious mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. really is. So for those that are listening, <laughs> listening to this conversation this far, and and you might be scratching your head just thinking, well, this is they're talking about so much. <laughs> Step into my world for the last six years of sitting down with this man, and and um, you can hear him laugh and, and and even giggle. But we're also talking about some some thick things. Yeah, just like I, I I mentioned in the retreat. Of course, these are intimidating and big ideas because we Good. we are talking about God. Thank God. And so, you uh, know, if you're just sure you've got all the ideas, <laughs> you're probably playing God, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just want to encourage anybody who's feeling, um, uh, I hope you're feeling some excitement because that's what I feel when I get to talk freely. And that's what I'm hoping the podcast and these interviews can be is a place of freedom to talk about the things that I honestly feel we don't get to talk about. Yeah. In, in a regular way in yeah, the church. That's right. So when it comes to God being um, bigger and having to renounce, I think one of the natural fears, that, and I just know from where I came from yep. in terms of an evangelical-leaning Protestant background, I have a degree from Wheaton College and another one from Regent College in theology, and I've got my theological radar, my orthodoxy finely tuned, and so immediately I would think, uh, in my own story, and I can imagine for others, you'd be thinking, renounce my idea of God, and yeah. why people at Third Reformed would be like, alert, alert. Oh, they were so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they still are good. <laughs> but wouldn't you say that it's not really a matter of giving up orthodoxy, it's maybe that we haven't yet even begun to understand the God that we've been been talking about in the creeds. Oh, totally. It's just about grip. Mm-hmm. It's about how much you are holding what you're holding Mm -hmm. and renunciation doesn't mean you throw it away Mm. and neither does it mean it's gone Mm -hmm. it simply means that you have that gracious permission from god to loosen Mm -hmm. your grip on whatever it is that you're holding on to that's not god yeah and so your idea of god is not God. And, you know, you need an idea of God for Pete's sake. you got to have one. Mm-hmm. So these things are always going on. It's like, all right, and now? And now? So Francis would walk, walk around saying, who am I, God? Mm-hmm. And who are you? All mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And it just dismantles the ego. Mm-hmm. It just gets yourself out of the way and gets God more, hopefully, in the way. So yeah. you can have a little more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the idea of God's not gone. Sure. You can p- keep it right there sure. next to you. Sure. Pick it up again, you know, <laughs> and I, I like play that, with it. <laughs> that, that grip, I'm reminded of, um, you know, I would say one of the saints for the Protestants, if there were, would be C.S. Lewis. Saint, yeah. saint C.S. Um, is that, that, I don't remember where he said it. Maybe you can help me. Um, it's not that I would ever master prayer. Yeah. Uh, not that I would ever hold it, and that it would be mine to to squeeze and to hold oh, on to nice. with any kind of certainty. Yep. But that, and it's not that I would master prayer, but that prayer might master me. That's right. And that's the kind of surrender. I love it. That I think the the language of renunciation is hard 
So as I've been at Harder Wake, I've, been, I've come back and pretty much all the <laughs> sermons that I've done in the last year yeah. to death of self. Right. That we have Well, to... there's the fourth renunciation. Yeah. We don't even talk about that one because yeah. the third gets so scary. Yeah. Renounce your very self. <laughs> and we see it all the time. Right. Jesus, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah. You know? Goodness. Luther in his way. Yeah. Even though he got crabby mm-hmm. at the end of his life, you know. Jeez. But who wouldn't, you know? And I think that's that's honestly, uh, we have to name in this inaugural interview. <laughs> Don't need to let this be more more. <laughs> sign- I'm kind of trying to laugh at, at myself. Um, that here we are talking about how to be inspired to pray, how to take it seriously. Yeah. And at the core of our love for God and our understanding of who God is means that we have to renounce things. We have to be able to give up our sense of what is real and right and true. That's ministry. Mm-hmm. That's oh, minus. Gosh. Bringing it back. Subtraction. Mm. And, you know, if you've been holding on to that suitcase or whatever, mm-hmm. but let's just say suitcase mm-hmm. for miles, what's more painful than just the beginning mm-hmm. of loosening your grip? It hurts to let go. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, that's that's our lives. We have ideas, mm-hmm. really good ideas. Or bad ones, you know, yeah. or even I sense of self. You just you hold on to, or you're, you're you're told, oh, you're a good student, or you're mm-hmm. a good husband. You can let that go. Mm-hmm. Not that those are bad things, you know. Yeah. It's just how might God be inviting mm-hmm. you, me, to a deeper understanding of yeah. personhood mm-hmm. in God, mm-hmm. and it's always, it's just always more fun and better. Yeah. Now, often it feels like hell getting there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm I'm reminded, actually, this week, uh, John and Dominic are are preaching on 1 Samuel. Um, And so this is uh, about Hannah and how Hannah is being um, provoked by uh, her counterpart who has all the children. And Hannah ends up um, just passing out and, and, and she ends up crying out to God so desperately and and it says in the text that she's uh, praying in her in her heart and her spirit yeah. not moving her lips yeah and it's um Eli it's Eli right and looks over and says you know are you drunk woman <laughs> what's wrong with you yeah. you know it's not even this part of the day and she's right. she says I'm not I'm not drunk at all I'm basically she's saying I'm I'm distraught I'm di- mm. um that my spirit is poor within me um and that God would take us each. And this is what I was talking with John and Dominic as they prepared their sermons. Like, this is part of the journey. He will, by his strange mercy, bring us all to a place of of that kind of brokenness where we don't know who we are. <laughs> we have to give up our identity. We have to give up our sense of who God is, what the world is, yeah. what's right and true. Yeah. So. I, I think that's why mm-hmm. you and I love mm-hmm going and being at that prison the yeah. way we do because yeah. it's a given there yeah it's just a given yeah. and so it's like oh it's like heaven on earth yeah. <laughs> for spiritual directors mm-hmm. and for people who are interested in listening to reality, mm. reality. you know because isaac of nineveh says mm. and this is way just so early you know mm. th- what three four hundred maybe i don't know how accurate that is i think it's around there and he just says god is reality mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's your reality? Yes. You know? Yeah. And the movement from idealism 
to realism, to mm-hmm. reality. That's the whole point. That's mm-hmm. what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Get out of my mm-hmm. idea of myself and into the reality of who God has made me to be mm-hmm. in God. But that that can be a lot. Yeah. It really can. And for those of you that want to in- integrate this back to uh, some Protestant sources, this is uh, also something that Dallas Willard is very clear on as far as the reality of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it goes over and over again. We don't have to go to Isaac of Nineveh, although I personally like to. Yeah. <laughs> but just for those of you that are looking for other sources of to take this conversation you're listening to and think, where do I, where do I learn more about that? Um, I can recommend some some book titles for you from um, Dallas Willard, and I can send you to Isaac of Nineveh. Joseph and sure. I can, can give you some sources for that. But that is really yeah. the question is, we have been living... Um, in a, a kind of a dream, yeah. and that coming to God yeah. is like waking up That's from a dream. Nice. That's nice. And and we have um, uh, Augustine would say we in Curvatus and say we've been turned in upon ourselves. Yeah. And and this kind of dream, this dark shadow of a world, and we haven't even begun to taste what is real and true. And of course, now I'm thinking about C.S. Lewis as well. That it's not that our desires are too strong, but that they're too weak. Yeah. That we've uh, given up an an invitation to the beach because we're we're like children playing in the gutter with mud pies. Yeah. Um, and and that desire, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. And people get scared of that word because it sounds too sexy or mm. too dangerous. And Which word? Desire. Desire. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Desire. But it is. It's trusting that one's deep desires are. Mm placed there mm-hmm. created there mm-hmm. made by god mm-hmm. because if if we really trust that we are fearfully and wonderfully made mm-hmm. then that's something to work with and count mm-hmm. on because the desires mm-hmm. that's there's fire there that's mm-hmm. the flame of the spirit mm-hmm. that's how things get done mm-hmm. there's that sense of sort of timelessness mm-hmm. you know and, and flow mm-hmm. again back to flow because when there's flow oh, great, in one's great, life good Go back to that, yeah. Yeah, when there's flow in one in one's life, it's almost like time doesn't exist. Hmm. You know, like like spending time with one's beloved, you just can't have enough time. Hmm. A whole day goes by, boom, hmm. you know. Or, but if if you're stuck, it can feel like oh, an hour is a year. So, I I, I just loved watching um, Interstellar. <laughs> Josh, you told me to see mm-hmm. that, and then that sense of time in that movie and and what a gift it is mm-hmm. and can be and what a curse too but how it's really not the the last word on anything sure that there is that timelessness the eternal god <laughs> mm-hmm. who can do anything at any moment mm-hmm. <laughs> or sort of go back and do whatever it's amazing mm. yeah that's yeah. flow oh man so much to talk about. So let's just, um, I'm trying to connect the dots here. So we were originally talking about you. <laughs> we were talking about your journey and, and how this goes back to the the wonderfully um, bizarre uh, upbringing of having a, a ballerina and a cop yeah. and then um, becoming a, a professional musician yourself. That's right. And then in the midst of that, realizing, oh... I'm a spiritual director, and I, I I want to give my life to prayer, and I want to help other people give their life to prayer. And so you're saying that there's a a, um, a, a structure to that. That earlier on, um, let me just dial back there. You said you didn't like 
the structure of the recited prayers. Yeah, I did. And and so we lean more towards the flow, um, and that's great. But speak speak to is there a role f- to be had for the form and the, the the structure now? Have you what have you learned about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no hymn without the lyric. Mm-hmm. And there's no music without the measure. Mm-hmm. So they're they're both important. It's just when one is more important than the other, mm-hmm. it's so obvious. You can just feel it. The flow stops. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that sense that that they, they've got to be. If there's too too much of one or the other, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. But mm-hmm. I guess for me, it's just the sense of listening to all of it. Mm-hmm. So I lis- listening to the lyric and to the melody and the harmony at the same time what is it doing together and that's the that's the gift because that none of us are alone mm. that's what god tells us over and over that was my confirmation verse mm. lo i am with you even unto the ends of the earth whithersoever thou goest mm. now it's taken me a while to really live into that but mm-hmm. as it was prayed over me mm. it stuck mm. and that sense of being with it's very much, I think, what we're talking about, that, that it, it, there is nothing apart from God. Mm-hmm. And anything that suggests that, that is probably hell or the devil <laughs> or all this, you know, the thing that's, it's the, the deceiver. That's it's really what right. it is. Yeah. So when we're in the prison there and we're looking at something Ignatius would say in the fun, the foundation and principle saying, you are here to create on behalf of God, to do something with God's glory. And then we have life lifers in there who Mm -hmm. start to stand up or cry or laugh and say, ah, I think I can do something with my life, Mm -hmm. even though we know they probably will never get out of prison. (laughs) That's God. Yeah. To go to the darkest, most stuck place and bring life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to see it, Mm -hmm. see them sort of laughing, Mm -hmm. crying, having flow some kind of a movement yeah so yeah i'm thinking of um and my practice of spiritual direction i have one directee who's asked me for some help in thinking about how to crack into um their stuck yeah space yeah yeah and um, yeah been in a time many years of, of difficulty um a, a christian a believer for many years most most of this person's life um and I normally don't try to give exercises or techniques, yeah. um, but it was just the right kind of conversation. And the thing that um, popped out of me as I was discussing um, what possibly could be helpful, I thought of, let's look at some sort of structure, something yeah. something disciplined, some particular thing. And, I, and I've recently um, been appreciating the word exercise over and against discipline yeah. or work. Yeah. Um, we exercise our bodies. We exercise our minds. So let's exercise our souls. That's right. Um, so it's some sort of tangible exercise. And then also something spontaneous. And and so I think of your, your idea of, of flow. Like So I discovered in my journey of all these years, I can say I was in ministry. I've been in ministry all of my adult life. In various capacities, and it's only really been in the last six, seven years that I've given my attention to an exercise of prayer that en- engages my daily life. And 
And I would say that I'm only able to do that because as my attempts towards some sort of practical discipline or exercise, I was also, I found myself wandering around the house. I can even remember moments when I, I thought, well, I could, I could talk to God right now. <laughs> and, and I just, I said, well, let's just try it. Let's just say, okay, I'm, I'm not like in a formal prayer. I'm not in a yeah. Bible study. I'm not yeah. doing anything really heavy. Yeah. I'm just going to talk to God. And, and that led to another time where I would talk to God just very spontaneously. But then I also learned that I needed something specific, something practical. Yeah. So, um, it's both, huh? So you found that in your life at some level. I'm, I'm assuming that you're saying something practiced and something spontaneous. So the oh, flow totally. and then the rigor. Totally. I mm-hmm. think it's the gift of music making mm-hmm. and you're a musician. So mm-hmm. it's natural too for mm-hmm. you. Um, Although I, I'd never been great at, at practicing my Oh, instrument. yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I love it because it has both of those things mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's only just, I think maybe a year or two ago now that mm-hmm. I realized I went to listening school. Mm-hmm. I went to new music school, was right. listening school. And so there was no waste or loss mm-hmm. these years of not having sort of had the purpose or the intention of becoming a spiritual director. It was already there. Wow. You know, it was, and that was just how it goes. And now, so for me, when I'm stuck and it it happens, of course, you know, it happens for everybody, but either in um, practice or in prayer, it's always, it always gets back to uh, doing something different. Mm -hmm. And I, I, again, back to Ignatius, Agere contra, to move mm-hmm. against. So to move against oneself, to mm-hmm. break one's typical pattern, to, and it, it, it's it's weird and fun, can be scary. So I'm going to not drive down this street today, sure. like I always do. There, there it is, just break your pattern. I'm going to try eating with my left hand mm-hmm. instead of my right, if I'm right-handed, or vice mm-hmm. versa. Any little thing like that is a door opener mm. to the divine. Yeah. And I think that's why, again, prison is is so um, fecund for exploring life in the spirit. Because wow. there, everything they do is controlled. Mm-hmm. And then it's controlled again. And then it's shifted because it, the, the most political place on earth is a prison. Mm. Dear God. New warden, new rules, Mm -hmm. you know, new guard. It's always sort of working with what could shift and change. They never knew who they're going to even see. Some guys ride out, and that's a gift. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid it's a gift, even though it sounds like a curse. We get so um, into our air conditioning, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is sort of AC for a reason, Mm -hmm. antichrist. (laughs) The comfort of just being in one's own pattern mm. and then that's usually when when things get stuck or mm. or shut down mm-hmm. yeah so thank god for disaster <laughs> thank god for sickness you okay. know here we start to get into the franciscan thing that's right. like um we, you're just able to be thankful in mm-hmm. all things mm-hmm. it's very different than being thankful for something mm-hmm. being thankful in mm-hmm. you know and that's a big a big shift i think mm-hmm. for one's prayer can be a different way just to look and approach. So then that brings us back to this 
Let's talk about the movements. Obviously, when you're in the midst of suffering, yeah. If you're Hannah and you're on the floor, yeah. looking like you're drunk because you're in such misery, yes. Um, you're noticing what's going on That's inside right. of you. That's right. And you're not judging uh, yourself. You're not judging God either. That's right. So, like, what 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 in the world are you doing with That's me? Right. That's right. You're simply entering into conversation with God about. What is actually happening to you so that faith can form yeah, from that place? That's right. And so that a Jerry Contra is, uh, would you say then, um, it's almost like a willed decision. I'm, I'm pursuing God Absolutely. so much. Suffering's going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Yep. But I want to pursue God so much that I'm actually going to choose to kind of allow trouble to come to my life. I love it. So that I can... Give myself more freely to God. It, it's just the openness to what is. Mm-hmm. So you don't. You almost don't have to go anywhere. Mm. Almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you almost don't have to make a big deal about anything or do a big effort. Mm-hmm. Almost. You might. Yeah. But Ajare Contra, which and in, in really in the in the annotations, Ignatius was talking about just staying with. You know, when you feel this or that, don't try to go with it. Yeah. Just move against your, just move against whatever's happening right then to mm-hmm. stay where you are. Stay with and sure. in. Sure. Yeah. Which starts to sound like Holy Communion language. Mm. In, with, wow. under. Wow. Yeah. And so I re- it's really connected, mm. this sense of the Eucharist, the right. breaking of the body. <clears throat> might one's own body, own mm. soul, mm. ego, reputation, mm-hmm. might one allow it to just break open. Mm. Not and it doesn't have to be huge. Mm-hmm. Doesn't you know we're not talking death and dismemberment. You know, mm-hmm. I mean bodybuilders know this. And if these are spiritual exercises, the muscle of our spirit needs breaking, just like the fibers of our muscles, mm. to grow. Mm-hmm. It just needs a little breaking. Oh, and what resistance, huh? <laughs> oh, seriously. Oh, what resistance to this? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all varying levels of stubbornness yeah. and and unwillingness. So, so like for practical, um, again, trying to draw uh, some connections for those that have listened through the retreats. When I am reciting um, bits of, of of the restlessness, and when you choose to uh, to embrace the restlessness, yeah, um, I, I I've I've learned more about Jerry Contra. When I wash dishes yeah, at night, that's and, right. and I know that I can um, simply turn on a podcast because I'm I'm making a podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I love that's I love right. podcasts. I could I could turn on music. <laughs> I could even engage conversation with my wife. Um, I could let my mind wander into other directions. But the the um, some of the most powerful experiences I've had with the presence of God yeah. in the last couple of years or when I just choose to wash dishes in yeah, silence. That's right. And then I get that ache and I'm like, oh I wanna like click on the radio. I wanna do I wanna think on something else. Yeah. But instead of disappearing into that, I embrace the restlessness. And and what were you saying? Um I can't remember how you're just describing that. Um, it was a different vocabulary, but I was trying staying to with. staying with it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Staying in it. Staying in it. In that ache. Yep. Instead of running away. And then all of a sudden I realize that ache really is for God. That's right. And for love. It's desire. 
it's the desire. It's here desire. we are. Yeah. We're doing spiritual direction here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps looping around. And that's the beauty yeah. of, of spiritual conversations is, um, so I'm just trying as I'm able to pause every once in a while to step out and help listeners um, um, participate in this because you're 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 stepping into a conversation <laughs> with Joseph that has been going on for years and years, and um, uh, and it is a blessed one, and uh, I think you can hear the laughter and the love that he and I have for each other, and I hope you know that that laughter and love is really the the sweetness of who God has become for us yeah. in each other, and uh, we would hope that for everyone. It's not just something that uh, spiritual directors that go into prisons oh, experience. I don't think I, no. Jesus just had to have been so much fun, oh. so cool. <laughs> You know, no one, they wanted to hang around him. They just wanted to be with him all the time. And of course he's God, you know, but (laughs) it's like, it's like Francis would say, no gloomy friars, not allowed, not allowed. It's just, there's so much to be thankful for Mm -hmm. and to receive. Mm -hmm. And it just changes everything. Mm -hmm. Start to not recognize yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's that passage uh, when John's disciples come up to Jesus and. They're like, hey, uh, are you that guy? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, where are you sleeping? <laughs> and then, can I can I see where you're sleeping? Yeah. And then they go back, and it says that it was like maybe three later in the afternoon, and they ended up just spending time with him. They just wanted to go. That's right. And uh, and there, there is that kind of attractive thing when you talk about desire. Oh, it's right. That um, we can't again. Another theme from the invitation. We can't do this out of duty or obligation or shaming. Um, nobody can can uh, wag their finger at That's you right. to make you pray nope. and experience God. And the only way is through desire. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And God bless the finger waggers. You know, <laughs> in some ways they get the work done. Sure. You know, and but then it it, it doesn't always last. Mm-hmm. Or if it does, it's it. You know, it doesn't always feel the way that it that it could, or the experience might not be mm-hmm. what it is. It is attraction, you know. Mm-hmm. That's Tehar. Yeah. And he just says... Tehar de Chardin. That's right. Mm-hmm. He just says it's attraction, which leads to connection, right. which leads to complexity, mm-hmm. which leads to consciousness. Mm-hmm. So those three, those <laughs> things, you know, attraction's got to be there. And it's everywhere. Look at us. That's why I'm here in this room. Yeah. I wanted to be... Your friend. Mm, I did. Yeah. I wanted that. Connection. Yeah. Okay? Complexity. You and I could write a book. <laughs> we could on what it means to be in spiritual direction, but also be friends. Yeah. It's, there's complexity there. <clears throat> you know, it's not. And then consciousness. Yeah. Now, w- wouldn't it just be neat if that's what's happening right here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it sure is. You yeah. know, and it's just God yeah. to have a different, your, change your mind, consciousness, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But most people run away during complexity. Mm-hmm. They, I'm out of here. Oh, shush. And that goes back to the um, unwillingness, this, this, the, the resistance to um, relinquishing yeah. to your understanding of God. That's it. Because all of a sudden everything, well, I thought, I thought church, was, uh, church was just, you know, like I show up and yeah. I do my thing and yeah. I, I pay my tithe, I read my Bible. And I love that, and, too. And that, that is I think good. it's great. I love those people. <laughs> oh, oh, and that they're pillars. That's the, right. Salt of the earth. But the, the the thing is that eventually things will happen. That's right. And things will get complex. You bet. And um, 
and and it will either be complex through suffering uh-huh. or through attraction that's through right. desire that's right and um and so yeah i would say that my marriage is definitely more complex yep. now in my 12th year than it was even last year Good. but it's because of the desire yeah. that i have for yeah. my wife i look i look at her and She's right now in Indiana. Um, she's a keynote speaker at a, a festival of faith and writing, and uh, I, I think about what she was preparing to speak about. And uh, that woman, she is a complex <laughs> woman. Yeah. <laughs> and wow, is she stunning? Fearfully and yeah. wonderfully made, yeah. right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's complexity. Yeah. And we look even Jesus in the Garden of the Gethsemane. There's the complexity. Mm-hmm. Do I have to do this? <laughs> yeah. Is this really got to, you know, that's, uh-huh. and you see, there's no other way than the way. Mm-hmm. So good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and God is with you in it, really, because it leads to consciousness. And mm-hmm. we all need more of that. Mm-hmm. Consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. So much. We, I think maybe what will end up happening is that this uh, first discussion might end up becoming like the the uh the core text that we would we could just like go listen to this we could we could each uh, uh, the assignment is that you and i will each listen to this over the next month and we'll take notes on the 20 or 30 other conversations that we need to have. or you'll just say forget it no, that was nice thank no, you so well, no. i chose the wrong person to start no, this with. no no not at all not because at all. i i really think the consciousness mm-hmm. is awareness is prayer. Mm. I don't think, I think go. we can substitute the word. Okay. Yeah. So it's leading to prayer, mm-hmm. which is consciousness, which is awareness. Mm-hmm. I think we, the Lord's prayer, you can call it the Lord's awareness. Mm-hmm. It's nothing different. Mm-hmm. Our father. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Not just mine. <laughs> yeah. Our, I mean, who does that yeah. exclude? Right. No one. Right. You know, well, and consciousness is this, uh, awaking from the sleep. You yeah, know? it's that that before we were that's un- right. we were unconscious. That's right. We were closed, and we were living in another reality. Yeah. And so the consciousness, and what I've been using from the pulpit at Harderwijk is talking about it as a as a um, a gospel or a kingdom consciousness. Yeah. I think my Protestant friends will appreciate when I know very clearly that I'm trying to link this to to the scriptures. And the scriptures, what are they doing? They're revealing to us. The consciousness yes. of the reality That's right. of the kingdom of God and the mind of Christ. That's it. So we put on the mind of Christ. That's we, it. We There's think, Paul. Think like like Jesus thought. We we act like him, and we go out and we 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 behave like him. We yeah. act. So, and this was what I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about uh, prayer, and you you didn't have models. But except for the action you saw in your parents, yeah, and so it is participation. So this goes back to that classic language that I think you and I both value, especially in mind of what we do in the prison of of, of contemplatives and yeah. action. Yeah. So would you talk a little bit more about the relationship between prayer and action, and maybe we could conclude with some of those kind sure. of reflections? Sure. It it's just like um, the cross. So there's the. The vertical beam going up and down. Mm. There's your prayer, your relationship with God. And then there's the horizontal beam. And there's your relationship with the earth, mm. with your neighbors, with society, with culture, with all kinds of, of stuff like that. So the, the prayer and action, they're, they're just inseparable. When they're separated, 
it leads to real problems. Some folks who are just all action oriented, and we might generally, and it's unfair to say this, call them sort of our liberals. Hmm. Let's go get the work done. Let's get the peacemaking. Let's go protest. Let's write the Facebook post. Let's get out there. Very important. But then the prayer, sort of the the folks who are, and we'll just unfairly call them our conservatives. Mm-hmm. They do the praying. They say the stuff. That was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> they go to church. God bless them. Mm-hmm. It's got to be both. Mm-hmm. So our prayers have to have active lives in God. Mm. Our actors need to have prayerful lives in God. Mm. And they can come together, and our churches can be places where that stuff um, is, is fomented mm. in the best way. And it does happen. I see mm. it happening. Every church has it. Mm-hmm. The The more one moves toward, sort of if one is a little more active than prayerful, or a little more prayerful than active, it's just going to be some suffering. Mm. You're just going to have, and I think that's what Jesus means about the cross. Okay. Pick up your cross. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the two come together. And mm. as they do, things shift and it gets a little uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. or um, a little new or maybe it even gets um, a little too exciting. It's like, what do I do with this? I've never been here before. So that it's just so great to see it. Someone who is ready to do what God asks, but also fully in prayer about that asking. Mm. at the same time so there's not stuck it's really flow back to sure. flow you know yeah because just like um dorothy day the catholic workers no one was released to go out and do that hard hard work with the poor until they had prayed for an hour at least mm. every day wow. hour every day that wouldn't work for me yeah. <laughs> i'm not like that sure. i don't i can't set that time aside and yet I have things I do every day. I, yeah. You know, the practicing or the exercise. Mm-hmm. or So I, I work it in my way. But that was their way. Yeah. So, you know, it's the balance of how you get. Mm-hmm. What's your activity? What's your prayer? How do you just mm-hmm. keep inviting them to dance together mm-hmm. a little more? And when you hear that, you've got to do it for an hour. You know, that, yeah. that's, that sounds like the figure, finger wagging. Yeah. But, but the point is, if you're discerning a call to something like that, and you you're thinking, I'm going to do this. It's not that you have to do prayer for some sort of fixed time. It's that you get to because you've come to a place in your journey where you've realized, I want to be able to give to people like the Catholic workers or whatever your, your, your gift and your service is. And I can't sustain that kind of love and giving unless I understand how it comes out of the reality of God's That's life right. in me. That's right. So I have to have some kind of inner discipline of engaging God. Uh, it's not that I have to. It's that I get to yeah. because it's my life. That's and right. And so that's what I do. And then the the horizontal, the cross beam, just it comes out of it. And, yeah. And so... It makes me think of realtors, and they say, location, location, hmm. location, you mm-hmm. know? It's the same for your, your life in God. Yeah. Where is the location yeah. of your person? Yeah. Or are you really located in your life? Because, you know, a cross, X marks the spot. Mm. I mean, it really does. And that, the cross just was right in the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, where the, that's where the cross marks. Mm-hmm. So if we look at sort of pulling all these pieces together, 
even what we're talking about today, yeah. it's that sense of when one is in God, mm-hmm. really deeply in God, the location of one's purpose, energy, desire, flow, all that good stuff, you know, the world wants it. I mean, that's why Nike says, just do it. Mm-hmm. That's why folks go after their degrees. You know, it's it's fine stuff. But where's the location? Where's it coming from? Mm. The motivation, you know? Mm. And it, it, if and when, and you just see it, it's for all of us, it's always that discernment as things go on. How am I doing this? Where's it coming from? The more God is involved, the more you are involved in God, mm. the, the the deeper, sort of the more intimate, the dance, the conversation, Yeah, things work. Yeah, They just do. Yeah, Even when things are not working, yeah. <laughs> one can have a sense of, I am okay. Yeah. And you know, I think I can sort of finish this off and say, I've been here and I looks like it's going to be 19 years hmm. in this parish. <laughs> right. It's not glorious. Yeah. It's not fancy. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever expect to do this and yet what's happened has been and there there is fine there's starting to be some movement <laughs> sure. of me going somewhere else doing something yeah. new. Yeah. But it 19 years. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and that and that's uh it's a it's a witness an example of the structure containing the flow that you've you've had some structure. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Oh, I would. I would also say that it hasn't been pretty. <laughs> sure. I don't I don't you know. Mean, I don't no, know I know you're not. You're just so sweet to me that you yeah. and you know, you might make it sound. And it's but it has been beautiful. Look who I met you. Yeah. Look, I got to go to prison, yeah. you know? Yeah. I get to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I remember, yeah. you know, being in that office and just crying my eyes out. Yeah. The second day I was there, I did. Uh, because it was that sense of, oh, uh-huh. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not stuck anymore, even yeah. though I'm still there. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and there's that, uh, that thing again. So you're stuck. Yeah, and maybe somebody that's listening to this is yeah. feeling stuck, and uh, and we it's so hard not, to not judge that place, and uh, that's right, and to assume I gotta get out of there, run, 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 yeah, and to maybe stop and think, okay, why am I here, and what what is what can happen, and not to not to spiritualize it, that's right, not to make it like uh, put a nice bow on it, yeah, and right. make it pretty, that's right, um, but to to hope. That there's something important that's happening even in your stuckness. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And especially when you don't think it's happening, that's mm-hmm. when it really is. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, this is the thing. You, yeah. We often, I'm going to say even strong, more strongly, we do not know mm-hmm. what God is doing yeah. almost until it's done. Yeah. It's really true. When we can start asking the questions, that's when it's like, oh, there's a consciousness mm-hmm. that's going on. But meanwhile... I mean, this stuck thing is just the cross. Jesus was stuck there for a while. Mm. Then he was really stuck in a tomb. Mm -hmm. But Holy Saturday is where it all happens. Mm -hmm. During during the darkest time, during the most ignored day of the triduum, Mm -hmm. you know, of Holy Week, during that moment when it's like, well, everyone's, everyone's sad, everything's given up, nothing is going on. Guess what? Mm Mm-hmm. It's all happening, <laughs> and then rock and roll, <laughs> and the stone rolled away. Mm. So, 
Well, this is uh, really helpful for me, as always, being able to sit down. Um, I think I would describe my conversations with you, um, not just you know in spiritual direction. Of course, this would be the, the what's helpful about direction, but just a friendship. I think what we ache for as Christians is a chance to. I think of the language of faking it till you make it. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of have the sense. I think I know what I'm talking about. You're not sure, so you just start talking and you you try out different ideas, different words to describe your ideas and your experience. And so we need to be able to just talk about our sense of who God is in a safe place with safe people that can help us hear ourselves and hear others. And then when the Spirit is involved in that conversation, there's this other guiding force that you start to discover things through those conversations. And and that's really um, the uh, one of the ways. One of the questions that I will ask, and maybe if another time, um, is just simply how do we learn to pray? Yeah. Um, and we I've said over and over in the the retreats, we can't learn it out of books. Yeah. We can't learn it from a class, but we kind of can, only in the sense. And maybe we'll have another time. You, <laughs> I'm robbing it here at the end. <laughs> if you have any final thoughts, that's great. But um, but that I, I learn with you, and so when I think about Jesus, you know, as the one who I saw, you know, go across the town. I want to hang out with. When I see Joseph Bird, and I've you know six seven years ago, I see. I want to go hang out. With, I want, where are you? Where are you living, Joseph? Yeah. Can I spend the afternoon with you? Yeah. Because I want to have these kinds of conversations with, with people where I can discover and be surprised by what I already know about God and what I. Because it's there. What I, what it's I, deep within you. What I kind of didn't know. Deep and... within your heart. It's all Deuteronomy. <laughs> you know, it's just all there. <laughs> Written in your heart. And you know, it's when you say that, what yeah. comes to me, pray yeah. is very close to play. Yeah. It is. Come play with me. Yeah. What are you doing today? Yeah. <laughs> play, with the, play with the stuff in your life. Play with the people. Mm. Enjoy. Mm. Have fun. That's a great way to end this. Because um, as, as you listen to this... Uh, even if you don't understand everything, I, uh, I hope what you've heard is some, some love between friends and some love for God. And that's what I hope for any time I enter into direction is I hope people have a sense of God. And I, and I feel that as I sit here with you. And uh, so, as always, it's not that we have to figure God out, not that we have to leave um, this uh, first interview with uh, an aha. Yeah, I get this and this right. and this. But hopefully, you've been able to sense something deeper in your your soul. That's and right. That that God is alive and um, somebody who is inviting you deeper into His love and His life. So thank you, Joseph, so yeah. much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. It almost doesn't matter what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. It's, a, it's the spirit in it. Yeah, right? it really yeah. doesn't. That's a great way to put it. Invitation. So will you do this again with me? Oh, I'd love sometime. to. Okay, yeah. great. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Bye. And so there you have it. It strikes me in listening through this discussion with Joseph that much of what we learn from Jesus is more caught than taught. We each need to breathe the same air as people who are further along the journey with God than we are. We need to walk some miles with them or sit with them for long conversations, whichever metaphor you prefer. I've had many wonderful leaders and mentors throughout my life, 
and what has endured of their influence on me is not so much their ideas as it is the way that they live and love, how they're able to be present with me and to share themselves with me. As Joseph and I have discussed reality in this interview, uh, we were talking about the kingdom of God, the true, real sense of who God and Jesus is. This is an experience of the reality of the kingdom through prayer, the experience of love and joy. And again, these are things to know with our being and not just with our minds. So my hope is that you've shared in this first interview, as you've listened to us, you've been able to imagine that God's invitation is bigger and wider and deeper than you've previously imagined. So thanks for listening. If the Invitation Podcast is helpful for you, please spread the word and let others know. One way to invite others to practice God's invitation is to simply write a review of the podcast on iTunes. So in terms of offering you some simple ways of coming to prayer, my idea in the future weeks to come is to not only offer these 20 to 30 minute retreats and these beginning series of interviews, but I'm also interested in developing a series that I'll call Five Minutes with God. I've developed a little prayer guide that you can find on the Harder Wyke website. That's H-A-R-D-E-R-W-Y-K dot com forward slash spiritual formation. And you can find there um, a guide that I titled 40 Ways to Spend Five Minutes with God. And so I want to play around with each of these recommended approaches to prayer by inviting several of my friends to write and record and engage in this retreat leading process. And most excitedly, I'm trying to figure out how to get permission from the Michigan Department of Corrections to let me bring microphones into the prison so that some of my inmate friends there can also write and record these five-minute meditations. This coming weekend, I'll be interviewing my other dear friend, Brad Kilman, who's a worship leader from Oklahoma City. He's written several songs that I've used in the past at Hope College. Some of you might know the song, uh, We Are Hungry. For retreat number two, I recorded his uh, simple song, Always Faithful. Uh, Brad is uh, probably the most influential person on me when I think of what corporate worship looks like, what it means to pick up a guitar and to open my heart and to sing to God. He has a kind of contagious uh, affection for God that makes me want to sing more and uh, write more songs for God. And uh, so he's written all these songs, and yet he is the father of five and uh, the lead of a small little business. And so we'll be talking about how to approach God in and out of parenting and work and rush. And I leave you with one of his wonderful songs. Till next time.
sun.